0: Thank you for joining us for the Covenant Gathering here on EurofolkRadio.com. Our host is Pastor Visser from CovenantPeople'sMinistry.org. We hope that you are inspired to grow in faith and wisdom by studying the Scriptures each week with us. It is written, "Gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, and gather the children." So let us gather together for this Bible study hour with our host, Pastor Visser. On
1: the Eurofolk Radio Network. And good afternoon to all my friends here in the States. It is now 12 p.m. on Saturday afternoon. And that means that this is an all-new Covenant Gathering broadcast. Brought to you only on Eurofolkradio.com. And it's also five o'clock in London, England, and many of our brothers and sisters overseas have been following our current presidential election and the results thereof very closely because many of us know that this election is historical on many different levels. But without going too deep into the politics, because I'm sure many of us are tired of hearing about it and time will tell, I'd like to take a look this Saturday afternoon at the concept of who the prince of this world is, at least according to Yahshua, our Savior. And the reason for that is, if you were to ask any modern Judeo-Christian who has the misfortune of attending any of these bale pits that litter our land in America and Europe, about who the prince of this world is, well, they will usually say it is Jesus Christ, or it is Yahshua. And they never seemingly get around to the aspect of the fact that almost everything our blessed Redeemer, Christ, does, well, the devil has an artificial counterfeit of that. And so, this topic of who is the prince of this world, I feel, is quite apropos and fitting considering the current elections and considering the fact that Mr. Donald Trump has already overturned two of the promises he made. I think it's safe to say that Hillary won't go to prison and Obamacare is not going to be overturned. So, with that being said, I'd like to begin this Saturday afternoon in Ezekiel chapter 31. And we're going to prove many things from this set of passages as it is found in the 31st chapter of Ezekiel. One, we're going to prove that trees equate to people, just as Yahshua taught. Two is we're going to prove that Satan has an egotistical desire to be reverenced and worshiped as a God, just as his children do. And perhaps one of the most disturbing things that I have seen within CI or white nationalism is the statement that Donald Trump is our Savior. And I'm sure when people say that Donald J. Trump is our Savior, the devil just grins with delight, because we have but one Savior, Yahshua. And nobody would would deny the fact that Yahweh allows the leaders of His people. Yahweh God truly is sovereign. But in relation to politics, in relation to what man espouses, Who is the prince of this world? Well, let's begin reading in Ezekiel chapter 31. It is here where we find this beautiful statement, and it is in regards to Satan. And Satan has many names, but his three main names in Scripture that we will prove this afternoon is devil, serpent, and Satan, oftentimes also even called the dragon. And all four of these statements are interchangeable. For example, we read in Ezekiel chapter 31, beginning in verse 3. Behold, the Assyrian was a cedar in Lebanon with fair branches and with a shadowing shroud and of an high stature. And his top was among the thick boughs. The waters made him great. The deep set him up on high with her rivers running round about his plants. And sent out her little rivers into all the trees of the field. Therefore, verse 5 says, a polite way of saying, because of this, because the waters made him great, and because he was of high stature and much beauty. Therefore, his height was exalted above all the trees of the field. And his boughs were multiplied, and his branches became long because of the multitude of waters when he shot forth. And all the fowls of heaven made their nest in his vows, and under his branches did all the beasts of the field bring forth their young, and under his shadow dwelt all great nations. Now, in your own free time, look up this word nations in the Hebrew, as it appears in the 31st chapter of Ezekiel, and you will see that means goy. A polite way of saying the Goyim. And time and time again in all of the prophecies pertaining to the prince of this world known as Satan. We see that he is the leader of the Goyim. He is the leader of the locust armies. And locust is transliterated from nations or Goy. And those same Goyim are integral in his destruction. And time allowing we'll get to that. But thus, many of these things are said. The fowls of the heaven made their nest in his vows, and under his branches did all the beasts of the field bring forth their young. The beasts of the field being the terminology I want you to pay close attention to, because time and time again there is a ruler of all Antichrists. In Scripture, again, Antichrist is defined as anyone who denies Yahshua. In short, we could say Muslims and Jews. They're antichrist. But they all have a leader. Revelation says their leader's name is Apollyon and or Abaddon. A polite way of saying Satan. So we learn in Ezekiel 31 where we are here in verse 7. Thus he was fair in his greatness and the length of his branches. For his root was by great waters. Very interesting statement. Especially in light of Revelation where we learn that the waters that John saw are people. And it is safe to assume that these ignoramuses that are now rioting in Portland and around the world, who wouldn't have been able to get away with that had they not had eight years of an apostate leader, are just this. They give the power unto the beast. And isn't it ironic that so many people are upset and complaining, saying, not my president, because the idea behind Donald Trump is obviously that he is a white Christian man. And even though America has been led for over 200 years by white, (laughs) right wing conservative men, it only took eight years of a Negro in office with no proof of citizenship and constitutionally not being allowed to rule to put and instill within the minds of the people that their voice matters. And I'm here to tell you, my friend, the voice of the liberal does not matter. Revelation chapter 1 straightforwardly says seeing as they do not like to retain God's law within their knowledge, it is Yahweh who gives them a reprobate mind so that they can do that which is unseemly. In short, what I'm saying is when you see homosexuals and you see transgender freaks protesting in the street when they should not even have a voice and the Constitution dictates that they're Civil unrest should be quelled. The irony behind all of that is they are already dead men walking. Revelation straightforwardly says this, that they do not like to retain God in their knowledge. Therefore, God gives them a reprobate mind. And it's safe to say that there is a leader of all of these reprobates known as Satan. He has many names. Thus he was fair in his greatness and the length of his branches, for his root was by the great waters, meaning people give him his power. And that's what we're seeing. The cedars in the garden of God, that is a polite way of saying Eden, could not hide him. The fir trees were not like his vows, and the chestnut trees were not like his branches. Nor any tree in the garden of God was like unto him in his beauty. Yahweh speaking, verse 9, I have made him fair by the multitude of his branches, so that all the trees of Eden that were in the garden of God envied him. Who is God talking about here through Ezekiel the prophet? Well, it's obvious it's not Yahweh, it's not Yahshua. It is a man who is lifted up because of his greatness, because he was created the full pattern. And this man has the power to deceive the very elect. But what we learn here is that all of the trees in the Garden of Eden, the trees of Eden, quote-unquote, were not necessarily literal trees. They were family trees, my friend. And this is why last weekend I taught on Cain and Abel, because it is imperative to understand that there are two seed lines on earth. Of all the trees in Eden that were in the garden of God they envied him and thus it is with the majority the majority usually evils or uh, envies and goes after that which is evil and the devil's job of course is to empower that evil and that's what we're seeing 8 years ago these freaks that are marching in the street saying not my president and showing how tolerant they are of other people's beliefs at the same time, would not have been allowed a single voice. So where else can we look on this concept of the prince of this world? Turn with me to the book of the major prophet Isaiah. And we're going to see another prophecy to the same exact deity, being Satan, that says practically the same exact thing. And perhaps you've read this before. In Isaiah chapter 14, it is here that we read of Lucifer. And very few within Christian identity would deny that Lucifer is Satan, except for maybe some single seed liners who want to say he is the king of Babylon. And though we know that our God is not the author of confusion, and there is no Babylonian, Babel within God, it is obvious that the king of Babylon or the king of confusion is none other than Satan himself. So we should begin reading in Isaiah chapter 14, but verse 12, where we learn. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? Let me stop right there. No man hath seen heaven at any time. No man hath fallen from heaven, because it is an impossibility. To be in the presence of Yahweh God is to be in our spirit. No flesh inherits the kingdom of God, correct? Therefore, right out the gate, we learn that this same Lucifer fell from heaven in verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken in the nations? Weaken the nations. Once again, another prophecy, the second one we're looking at, where we learn that the prince of this world, also known as Satan, Lucifer, the dragon, Apollyon, or Abaddon... Is what? The ruler of the Goyim. The ruler of the locust armies. And it continues. For thou hast said in thine heart. I will ascend into heaven. For Lucifer was cast down. Because he said within his heart. Point one. The devil and his children have a heart. But not the same heart that's instilled within us. My friend. They have a heart. Or an inclination to go after evil. To promote evil. And more importantly, at the end of the day, to empower evil. And therefore, we see four days after the announcement of our president-elect, we have evil people marching in the street, showing their tolerance. And not only that to the elect, showing us that they didn't tolerate anything, nor would they. But this is the mindset of the devil. The devil says, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also on the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. I will be like the Most High. That is the mindset of Lucifer. He wants to be revered and reverenced as a God and thus it stands today. In the Zionistic country we find ourselves in. Because I assure you, the enemy does not care as long as you are profitable. They do not care as long as you are in the lie. But if you refuse that lie, if you refuse Jewish myths or vain babbling, suddenly the mask comes off. But at the end of the day, if you do not revere the devil and his children as a god, they want to put you to death because you're not profitable. Because you're not in the lie. And for those who doubt, this is the same exact modus operandi that Lucifer, also known as Satan, used on Jesus the Christ. During his temptation, he said, if you will bow and give me homage and worship me, I will give you all the kingdoms of the earth. What does that denote? That denotes that the prince of this world is Satan and he owns all the kingdoms of the earth. Because the mindset is this, I will ascend, I will be like the Most High, verse 15. God says, Yet thou shall be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. And they that shall see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble and did shake kingdoms? Is this the man? Now, those who deny a literal devil are already in bed with the devil because it is Judaism that espouses there is no devil. In fact, the very reason that 13-year-old Jewish boys have bar mitzvahs is because they believe that the devil is spiritual impediment. They call this the yetzer Hara. And the yetzer Hara and the bedtime Shema prayers that they make is to keep impure impediment away from them. But the devil is not our flesh. In fact, Christ straightforwardly told the Jews they were born of their father, the devil. So our flesh is not Satan. Satan is a literal deity and a deity that empowers evil. That is the prince of this world owns kingdoms, money, and power. And is just like this. Wants to be revered as a god. So never say, Trump our savior. And never say, Any man is our Redeemer, but Yahshua. Because I assure you, nothing will change in America. In fact, it has changed already. That a million and one homosexuals can march and protest and go out in the street where they couldn't have eight years ago. Obama promised change, he brought it. And the change is against the white male, my friend. And that is all that Trump has been being attacked over, is the fact that he is white. Which is now why he's turning around and saying, well, Hillary's a great thing, not a demon. She won't go to jail. And on the same exact token, saying that he will not repeal Obamacare. Gee, real thing. Thank you. Appreciate that. Real good for white people. So, so far, we have discussed two terms. One being tree or proverbial family trees. The other being stars, right? Right. Because even Satan, or Lucifer, as Isaiah renders it in his 14th chapter, says, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. So what are trees and what are stars? Well, consider this. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 10, we read Christ, and he says, Now also is the axe laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which bringeth forth not good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. So Christ himself told us to judge a proverbial tree according to their fruit. And fruit is a polite way of saying works. And if you think about this, this is so ingenious. Because we're not to listen to what a man says. Because all men are liars. They will come in, they will say they will do one thing, and then when they're empowered, will turn right around And do the exact opposite. However, Yeshua tells us to judge a person according to their works. Or a tree according to their fruits. So again, according to what we've covered this Saturday afternoon in Ezekiel. If the waters and the other trees envied Satan in the garden of God, also known as Eden, who empowered them? Also... Consider this as well. Here's another statement. It's found in Matthew chapter 7, verse 17. Christ says, Every good tree brings forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit. Now, my friends, this is Christianity 101, but this prophecy is given so we will not be hoodwinked time and time again under the illusion of free choice. We are to judge somebody according to the fruit they produce. And isn't it ironic that the very act of voting and choosing a man king is an affront and an abomination in the eyes of God. And we are so far into deception that people really believe that their, A, their voice counts, B, they had part in all of this, and C, that Their choice matters when they're choosing a man as opposed to Yahweh God. And we will reap what we sow, my friends, irregardless. The more we think a man will deliver, the more we think a man will redeem, the more we are in bed with the devil because the devil rules all politics of man because they're 180 degrees opposite of Yahweh's law. Yahweh's law says homosexuals are to be put to death, but here in soon-to-be Trump's America. They're rioting in the streets. And if a Klan rally was held, Obama would shut it down in one minute. But has he declared martial law? Oh, no, indeed. Because it furthers Satan's agenda to exalt his throne above the stars of God, that being you and I. So where else can we look on this topic of trees and stars in the Garden of Yahweh? Consider this quote, as it is found in the book of the major prophet Jeremiah, Chapter 11, verse 9. We are informed. I was like a lamb or an ox that is brought to the slaughter. And I knew not that they had devised devices against me, saying, Let us destroy the tree with the fruit thereof, and let us cut him off from the land of the living, that his name may no more be remembered. And my friends, I want you to understand that two months is quite a long time and many things can change. In fact, in eight months, homosexuals now have a voice and can protest the will of the people in the streets. But what we just learned right here says exactly what we're teaching today. Many of us do not know that they devise devices against us. So, do you really think, for a moment, that the Jew... Had any intention of putting Hillary Clinton in office? And do you really think for a moment that voting, which would be illegal if it changed anything, is the voice of the people and Trump is their happenstance because, just because serendipitously? Oh no indeed. And my point is we better watch any candidate of Yahweh, of, of man who is not professing a love of Yahweh God and saying that these people must be in line with God's law. Do you believe Trump will put to death homosexuals? Do you believe that he will put Hillary even in prison? Do you believe he'll ultimately finish this wall? Well, all I can say is I hope he does because then at least we could say we are the new Jerusalem because Jerusalem's a walled city in line with prophecy. But I assure you he won't. And at the end of the day, if he keeps one of the promises he made, then he'll be one of the best American presidents we have ever known. My point with this is do not let down your defenses for a moment. Always look for the agenda because the Jew knows what he's doing and the devil knows what he's doing. And at the end of the day, it comes back to exalting his throne above the stars of God and getting the reverence that is due our God, Yahweh. Do not look to man to deliver you. Look only to Yahweh God because Scripture says, Cursed is he that trusts in man. You trust in man, you're an abomination in the in the eyes of God. And so what are names of the devil? Because after all we learn in Genesis chapter 3 that Satan is called the serpent. Right? And I did a study recently called Satan the Enchanter because this word serpent as it appears in Genesis 3 means a whispering magic enchanter. But pay close attention to what he says to Eve. In Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through uh, 3, he says, Yea, hath God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And Eve replies, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden? Yahweh hath said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Very straightforward statement, and many people wrestle with this because they say, well, Eve added a little bit here by saying, we're going to die in the in the day that we eat of this tree. Or they say, well, the charge was given to Adam, and Adam didn't give it to Eve. But either way, what I want you to pay attention to is what we've already covered, and that is the fact that if the axe is laid to the root of the trees, and every tree that does not bring forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire... What exactly are we talking about here? Because if we look up this word fruit, as Eve uses it, in relation to this tree, the Hebrew word is pari. And according to Strong's concordance, it means to bear fruit, to grow, or increase. Now that's how Dr. Strong defines the word fruit, as it appears in Genesis chapter 3. But consider this definition from brown driver Brigg's Hebrews definitions probably the second most well-known concordance of the King James version of the Bible he says the same word Peri which is translated fruit is defined as quote fruit offspring children or progeny of the womb end quote so what is my intention with all of this This is so you'll understand several things. Number one, when the devil tempted Satan or uh, Jesus Christ, and when the devil tempted Eve, he always gives the illusion of free choice because he knows you cannot force any man or woman to sin. Sin is a willful choice that people make. Therefore, a true saint cannot be forced to sin. But if the illusion of free choice is there... Then the sinner is empowered, and the sinner thinks he made that decision himself. So we looked at this topic of trees, and we don't have time to go into it, but Christ taught on trees many, many times. But the most important statement is judge a person according to what they do, not what they promise, not what they say. And throughout history, at least here in America, every presidential candidate has lied to get into office and never kept any of their promises. To the chagrin of the idiots who sit there scratching their heads saying, well, I wonder why this golden boy didn't deliver me. The same exact analogy that we read about in the king of Assyria, the king of Babylon. Who are all archetypes for Satan? Why? Because any ruler of men who do not put Yahweh first rule for Satan. It's that easy. In Genesis chapter one, verse sixteen, we read: "Quote, God made two lights, the greater light to rule the day, and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also." So Yahweh set up set these up, right? It even says in Genesis chapter 1, for signs, for seasons, and for days. Now, turn with me, in light of this, to Revelation chapter 22. Where we read in verse 16, Jesus himself saying, I, Yahshua, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in all the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. So it is safe to say, at this point in this lecture, that Yahshua is considered the bright and morning star. Right? However, in your free time, take a look at the word Lucifer and what it means. What does Lucifer mean in Hebrew? Bright and morning star. Why? Because he says, I will ascend into heaven. I will be like the Most High. Everything Yahweh does, the devil has an artificial counteraction to that. And all of this is extremely important. When you consider that Satan fell from heaven, no man. And the early star, being Satan, comes first. He's opposed to Jesus Christ. He comes after um, the tribulation and the hour of temptation, and he comes before Yahshua returns. For example, how about Second Thessalonians chapter 2? Start reading in verse 3. It says, Paul, Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day, meaning the day of the Lord or the return of Yahshua, shall not come, except there come a falling away first. In apostasy, Paul says, a falling away. A country that is willing to go and cast lots for a man-king, knowing that Yahweh God will curse us in the act. Knowing that the promise given in Scripture is that if my people will seek my face, not the face of the right, not the face of the left, but my face, then I'll heal, then I'll hear, then I'll be a ruler unto them." How genius is the devil to get you to cast your lots for a man-king to keep you into slavery to man or the prince of this world under the illusion of free choice. And how many people get hoodwinked into thinking, yeah, our boy won. It's not our boy, my friend. You had two choices. And at the end of the day, the Jew wanted Trump in. Why? So they could crush the white boy. And at the end of the day, that is what will happen. Mark my words. Christ says, in Matthew chapter 24. Immediately after the tribulation, the tribulation that we just discussed of those days, right before the day of the Lord, shall the sun be darkened, the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven. But we just learned Satan, that morning star, wanted to exalt his throne above the what of God, the stars of God. God. So these stars obviously from heaven fall to earth, do they not? Christ says the moon won't give her light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And then he also says in Matthew chapter 24, verse 37, As the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Meaning, it will be identical to how it was in the days of Noah. And you must go back to Genesis chapter 6 to see what was transpiring and what caused Yahweh to send the deluge upon the world of the ungodly. And you will see they were doing two things. Miscegenating their race and homosexuality. Just as it was in Sodom and Gomorrah. But those stars fell from heaven in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 1 where we learn there was a day When the sons of God saw the daughters of Adam, and that they were fair, and they left their first abode. But perhaps that's a study for another day. We need to understand that precept must be upon precept. This is what Isaiah teaches. Precept must be upon precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little. And so, let's begin right in the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Notice the period. Notice also that a million people will come in and tell you, well, it took seven days to create. When the Bible clearly says in the first verse of the first chapter of the first book, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Not hard to understand. So don't allow a man to add Babylon or confusion, just like Lucifer is, to these very simple statements. But there is a catapult here. And I have taught about the Tohu Bohu, many times, the first and the second earth age, and what transpired between that. The fact that stars will fall from heaven and that right before the day of the Lord will be a great time of lawlessness and mixing, as we have covered countless times before, should be enough for us to wake up and look at what's happening around the world. And by what right do liberals rule? By what right do liberals are they allowed to have their voice heard? Well, I'm telling you, all the world is a stage. And it has just begun. <laughs> so, we're going to look at this topic. We know that God created Satan. There's no doubt. For example, consider this. Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 13. We already covered it. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. And every precious stone, what was thy covering? So we know Satan is not some red-suited, pitchfork-yielding demon. We know that from today's study, Satan was considered the full pattern, meaning he was beautiful, as all sin is enticing. And that Satan was created of God. Yahweh God who says, I create the wicked for the day of evil. And we've also covered in Ezekiel chapter 31, that there was no tree like unto him in his beauty. But it is the same prophet Ezekiel in chapter 28 who teaches us that Satan was the anointed cherub that covereth. Satan is an angel, also known as a star, and he is the anointed cherub that covers the very mercy seat and the very law of Yahweh God. And the very mercy seat that had two angels with wings outstretched over it. What is my point? My point is, Satan is the prince of this world because he knows God's law better than you and I. And knows how to pervert it. That is the point behind all of this. Eight years later, suddenly liberals are in the street, kvetching and complaining and crying. Whereas you know damn well that under Bush Jr., they wouldn't have had a voice. And the point is, is they're talking impeaching Donald Trump, when we just got through having a Negro mamzer with no birth certificate for two terms, who was not impeached. Mark my words, Trump will fulfill the anti-white agenda. While a million people are going to be sitting there scratching their heads wondering why. Well, you voted for man. You vote for man, God doesn't know you. He spews you out of his mouth. It's really that simple. So what we're going to look at are the statements that Yahshua made proving that Satan is the prince of this world, the ruler of all kingdoms, and the ruler of all men's politics. So take your Bible and turn to Luke chapter 10. And we learn in Luke chapter 10 verse 18, Yahshua said, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Let's read that one more time. I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. But what is Lucifer? Lucifer chapter 14 in Isaiah. What did we learn? How thou art fallen from heaven, O Lucifer. So point one, Lucifer is Satan. Christ said, I beheld Satan as lightning. What is lightning? But light. Do stars not reflect light? Does the moon not reflect light? And is Yahshua not considered the son of righteousness in the very last chapter of the Old Testament? Because Yahshua is God in flesh form. He is the light of the world. He permeates the light out. And these pale representative bastards can only reflect the light of God and you and I, the sons and daughters. And third point, as lightning fall from heaven. Satan is Lucifer. Lucifer fell from heaven and Lucifer is considered a bright and morning star. And this is a vital teaching from Christ because He gives us a glimpse as to why He had to come in the flesh to offer salvation to the Adamites. Consider this statement as well. Yahshua says in John chapter 12, verse 31, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. Two times now Yahshua has said he beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Therefore, he's on earth and he is the prince of this world. And the second being that the judgment of this world has come because the prince of this world will be cast out. And that's not the son of God, Yahshua. That's the son of God, Sataniel, my friend. Christ straightforwardly said he is the prince of the world. And if you don't believe me, merely turn to John chapter 16 verse 11 where Christ says of judgment because the prince of this world is judged in reference to Satan. So who is the prince of men's politics? (laughs) Who was more subtle than any beast of the field which Yahweh had created? Who could offer the kingdoms of the world? To Jesus Christ? Who was there in the very beginning of the book of Job, wandering to and fro upon the face of the earth and going up and down upon it? The prince of this world. Being Satan. Because he knows the moment he can get you to vote for a man instead of Yahweh, you'll be cursed of your God. So you better repent, my friend. At the very end of the day, the Jew put in their most wanted candidate. And I would not be shocked if Trump is the worst thing for the white man. Mark my word. John also teaches in uh, his first epistle, chapter 3, He that commits sin is of the devil, for the devil sins from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. For this purpose. Because Satan fell from heaven and sinned from the beginning in the Garden of Eden. For that purpose, Jesus Christ was manifested to the world. Perhaps you were with me last week when we went through all the cover... The uh, quotes from the Pseudepigrapha and the Apocrypha, where we looked at virginal disobedience and virginal obedience. Does it make more sense as to now, when we learn from John, for this cause, for this purpose, because the devil fell? The Son of God had to come to be manifested to destroy the works of the devil? And whosoever is born of God does not commit sin for his seed remains in him and he cannot sin because he is born of God. Does the law of God say go and vote for men? No, it forbids it, my friend. It says no king but Jesus. And the moment we as an individual group will turn right around and say no king but Jesus will have none is the moment Yahweh God will return because it's a promise. We've already covered it. If my people will repent, turn from their wicked ways and seek my face, then I'll hear, then I'll heal. But we have never done this in 200 years of history because every eight to four years we turn around and say maybe this person will deliver us from the previous person and his lies from the previous person. And while every man knows that the previous president who goes out of office was a liar and proven a liar, they seemingly think through cognitive dissidence. That not their boy, not their Savior. No, he's not going to lie. Trump has lied more than any man I've known, my friend. And I'm not even anti-Trump. I prefer him over Hillary. But over Trump, at the end of the day, I prefer Yahweh God. And unless we seek Yahweh God first, we will continue to be nationally cursed. And if you can't see the national curse in L.A., Portland, New York, and even parts of Michigan right now, then we're already in the deception of the devil who wants to be revered as a God. Who wants to reinvent God altogether as filthy as He is. Why? Because Christ came so that He would be judged, not voted for. Not for His sons and daughters. Christ came to destroy the works of the devil. And the works of the devil were polluting the womb of Eve in Genesis chapter 3. And convincing other stars of God to fall and pollute the womb of the Adamite women in Genesis 6. Remember, Christ says, as it was in the times of Noah, so shall it be at the coming of the Son of Man. And so we live in an era now where anything goes, any person can mix with any race, they can be a homosexual and really believe that God hears them when the law dictates just as it dictates not casting lots for men. It dictates that homosexuals are to be put to death. Do you believe Trump's going to do that? Do you really believe he's going to put her, Hillary, in prison? And do you really believe he's going to build a wall? <laughs> I hope not. We've covered the tears and the wheat. And the one thing we need to notice about Christ's definition or explanation of his own parable is in line with what we've already covered thus far. And that is the fact that there are two seeds, one of God, one of the devil. Matthew chapter 13, beginning in verse 36. He that sows the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. But the tares are the children of the wicked. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. Stopping right there. Where did the devil sow this wicked seed or sperma, if not in Genesis chapter 3? Where he comes to Eve and says, yea, hath God said? Of course God said. And what God says, he means. And do not think for a moment you can sin and get by. And don't think for a moment you can be like Eve and add a few words or speak for your husband. And not be cursed in the process. Continuing on. The harvest is the end of the world. The reapers are the angels. Therefore, the tares are gathered and burned in the fire. So shall it be at the end of this world. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and them which do iniquity. What is iniquity? Lawlessness. It is a violation of the law of God. But yet the law of God says false prophets are to be put to death. Adulterers are to be put to death. Homosexuals are to be put to death. Why? Because they're already dead men walking, given a reprobate mind by Yahweh God. And here we are in America allowing them voice. Allowing them to speak. Allowing them to speak against a white man. And all it took on the part of the devil was eight years of a nigger in office who had no right being there. And no one called into question. Do you not think for a moment tomorrow they could impeach Trump? And they likely will. And overnight, the devil's agenda is fulfilled. Overnight. Because the devil doesn't think about tomorrow, my friend. The devil thinks about next year. And the will of the people can speak we hide behind the Constitution, the Constitution has been rewritten thousands of times. That's why it has amendments. And here we sit in America saying, give us our Second Amendment rights. <laughs> it's already an amendment to man's garbage that they write. We have the word, my friend. Men's laws change every single day. They add new laws all the time. And if you think for a moment they can't pass a law tomorrow saying the Constitution's overturned because... Of like they did with the Million Man March, because these homosexuals need their rights. And you think Trump is going to protest it? Got another thing coming. It ain't going to happen. So what else can be said about all of this? Well, consider this quote in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. When We know that throughout America, a majority of the Judeo-Christian churches were espousing the joys of Hillary. And they were basically saying Trump is racist, right? We learn in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning in verse 13, quote, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Now let's stop right there. Satan is transformed into an angel of light. Christ said, I behold Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Lucifer as a name means bright and morning star. More specifically, the early star. One who comes before the true root and offspring of David being the morning star of Yahshua. But don't marvel. This is what we're being told here by Paul. Don't marvel. Because the devil has his ministers and they do everything under the facade of light. Under free will, free illusion and deliverance you want to be delivered from a corrupted America that's inundated with apostate filth, then turn to Yahweh God, not Trump. If you want to be delivered from your own private hell that you may find yourself within, if you're in prison, don't turn to the warden. Turn to Yahweh God. That is the only thing we can do. Paul continues to say, don't marvel, Satan is transformed into an angel of light. And then qualifies it by saying, Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers, a polite way of saying false prophets, also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Where is that found? That's 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 13 through 15. And what that proves is Satan does not come in and say, hey, bow to me, I'm going to send you to hell. But he comes in under the guise of love, pretending to be a god, in the attempts of exalting his throne above the stars of God. And at the end of the day, he fulfills the agenda of who? The nations. The goyim. The non-covenant people. The non-whites. Another thing to consider is that it is Yahweh God who allows this evil. And it is Yahweh God who in the Old Testament, would allow an unrighteous ruler or a righteous ruler. But yet Christ says to the church in Ephesus in Revelation chapter 2, verse 9, I know thy works and thy tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. End quote. That's Revelation chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. And what that confirms is, A, the devil has the power of men's politics. Yahweh God allows him his reign. That is considered the hour of temptation. And it is to fulfill the day of the Lord that Christ said will be right before his return. As it was in the times of Noah. And the second part of it proves this. That there are they who say they are Jews, but are not, but are of the synagogue of Satan, in line with exactly what Paul said. Why would you marvel if Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light... Meaning, he comes in and says, I do this out of love. I allow gays to get married. And I do this out of love. I'm eradicating the intolerance of Christianity from America and Europe. We shouldn't marvel. We should not marvel when you go to a Judeo-Christian church and they tell you that Hillary was great when she was espousing everything that Yahweh God deemed as sins unto death. Don't marvel at that. Christ taught it. Satan was cast to earth. And we learn this in Revelation chapter 12, verse 9. And this is very important in light of this. Because many people will come in and say, Pastor, this is crazy. That's not the devil. That just says serpent. Or that just says dragon. But consider a statement that we read about in Revelation chapter 12. Which is about the point or the hour of tribulation leading up to the hour of temptation. Verse 12. Uh, excuse me, actually, we're going to lo- take a look at Revelation chapter 12, but verse 9. Well, let's begin it in verse 7. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels, right? Morning stars, fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven. Why? And the great dragon was cast out. Now, I'm going to stop right there for a second. Christ said, I behold Satan as lightning fall from heaven. We learn in Revelation, the great dragon was cast out. Then verse 9 here in Revelation chapter 12 says, The great dragon was cast out. That old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, which deceives the whole world. He was cast onto the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Paul said what? Marvel not if his angels transform themselves as ministers of light. If you were a child of the devil and you wanted to destroy the sons and daughters of Yahweh God, then you would flock to a position in one of two realms. One would be politics and one would be organized religion. And Paul says don't marvel. Don't be shocked. And I'm going to tell you the same thing. Don't be shocked when Trump passes some of the biggest, most anti-white laws against our people because the Jew wanted him in office at the end of the day. If voting changed a single thing, it would be as illegal as questioning the Holocaust in every country but this one, and soon to be in this one. But what we learn here in Revelation chapter 12 is that there was war in heaven, then and now, and that Satan was cast down to the earth. Therefore, it makes sense as to why the serpent, which Revelation 12 says is the devil, was there in the garden in the very beginning, which Ezekiel says was the finest, most beautiful tree, and that all the other trees in the garden of Eden envied him to beguile or wholly sexually seduce in the Greek expatio Eve in his very first attempt to pollute the bloodline of who? Seth. Meaning replacement. Christ. The devil knew that if he could pollute Eve's womb, then Christ, who would be the root and offspring of David, would not be able to come through as pure as he was. And the devil did not prevail. Neither was his place found anymore in heaven. So where are they? If they're not in heaven and they're not in hell... Enoch says they're held on the fifth heaven, the Gregori, or the Nephilim, the offspring of those unholy unions. But he also says that the spirits of those Nephilim are free to walk the earth as the devils and demons they are. And if they're ministers of light, do you think they're going to come in and say, Hey, you know what? We want to obliterate and outlaw the Bible. No, you know what they're going to do? They're going to come in and say homosexuals have the right to marry because they love as well. And the biggest irony of all is the fact that God is love. Without God, no one knows faith. Without God, no one knows the children of the devil. And the deception he brings, as we've already covered today, is so great that if Yahweh God had not shortened the days of tribulation, no flesh should be spared. My point is while all these liberals go on crying and complaining that they didn't get their way like little babies, it was Yahweh God's divine providence to wake us up so we know that we might possibly have four more years and we better utilize the time we have. If we sit back like they did in the Old Testament, every time they got a righteous king and become lazy and say, you know what, I don't need to serve Yahweh God now, what happens is we become fat, we become complacent, and we forget our God. And that's the point we need to remember, my friends. Worse oftentimes is better, and the devil knows that. Because if he can give the illusion of free choice or reprieve, then he's already got you off your defenses. And we are supposed to be walking around looking forward to and hastening the day of the Lord. And as we covered today, Yahshua says we are to be judging every tree according to their fruit. The moment I will accept Trump, or the moment I will accept any presidential candidate is the moment they drop to their knees and say, we have sinned as a nation. We turn to you and we ask your forgiveness. Will it happen? No, sir. And as we go on, evil gets more and more empowered. If that's not apparent, I don't know what else is. The things they are discussing today in the mainstream media are things that a hundred years ago would have found the people discussing these things put to death in the street for an affront against morality. So what I want you to understand is that Christ said he beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. And that Paul said the angels and Satan himself will transform themselves into ministers of light. Meaning they're not ugly, they're beautiful meaning they come with lots of empty promises and every time they are the liars and the father of those lies. And it will be no different. Trump will not deliver on any of his promises. And and uh, if we are deceived and lulled into the deception that he might, we are already owned by Satan. There should be no king but Yahshua and we should seek to have an America and a Europe only under God's rule. It is the mercy of God that he is allowing this. I will not doubt that. But do not relax for one moment. Always be judging a tree according to their fruit. Christ said of judgment, the prince of this world is judged. Do you understand that point? Many people are dead men walking like homosexuals and many people that have committed sins unto death. There's no conversion for them. They are already dead men walking as they go. Why? Because the Word judges them. And while they may say, the people, men, women on Eurofolk Radio, or Pastor Visser, myself, spend a lot of time judging them, what they don't understand is we use discernment, not judgment. The Word of God has already judged the son of perdition to perish, because that's what his name means. And my prayer for our people, the Israelite men, women, and children, is to not perish alongside Him. And if it be possible to not be deceived by this great apostasy that is down here, that forces us to put more faith within man than Yahweh God, who will truly deliver us if we seek His face. Remember, Christ said in Matthew chapter 13, In his explanation, not even in his explanation, but in his parable of the tares and the wheat. The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good uh, good seed in his field. But while men slept, while they slept. So, we need to awaken. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat. Ministers of righteousness, ministers of light. If you were to look at a tarot, it would look identical to wheat. And Christ says they will espouse the same exact thing the wheat does. The only surefire way to know that is based on works. Not empty promises and not the facade or the illusion of free will. Because the devil would love nothing better than for you to think that all of this was caused by you and not Yahweh God. So, until next Saturday... 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. E, uh, in London, England. This is Pastor Visser wanting to thank the men and women and the people or crew at Eurofolk Radio for allowing me, this soapbox, to give you this message and inviting you to swing by this same time next Saturday for an all-new Covenant Gathering broadcast. Until next time, War for Christ, not man. Yahweh bless each and every one of us.
0: Thank you for joining us for this Bible study lesson with Pastor Visser of the Covenant People's Ministry. These teachings are recorded for you live by the Eurofolk Radio Broadcasting Network and can also be found in the archives of our church's website, which is covenantpeoplesministry.org. If you have any questions or comments regarding these messages, please write to us at CPM Post Office Box 256 brooks georgia 30205 usa thanks again for joining us for this episode of the covenant gathering may god bless you and keep you and be with you always